Wow. Good morning. Today is June 5th, Sunday. First Sunday of June 2022, 10.37 a.m. Coming to you live from Somerville, Winter Hill, Massachusetts. Y'all, I originally planned to do the last six episodes as features with very close friends of mine and I still may do that I may either do the last five episodes as like a recorded zoom call or as um as a recorded phone call or something of course with my friend's permission for the episodes so we'll stick a pin in that But I've got to tell you all, and maybe you could hear it from my voice, that there is something great going on on the inside of me. There is a light to me. There is an expectation within me. There is is just something radiant inside of me. And I'm just going to call it Jesus. (laughs) Um, I want to tell y'all, like, it's been so much going on between January and June. The first two quarters of the year are almost fully complete. And I can tell you that I made the commitment in December that I was going to face everything that was hard, everything that I was afraid of, and just like hit it head on, you know, to the best of my ability and just conquer. Like that's that's really the energy I've been on uh, 2022. So there's been a lot of, of reconnecting with family, with friends, disconnecting from some friends, um, entering a season of just solitude with just myself and the Lord. And once again, God kind of just plucking me out or slightly uprooting me to position me in a place where I rely solely on him and not things and people and status and title and the worldly things. So I want to tell y'all about this dream. I had a dream, I think it was like last Tuesday or Wednesday, and I've been feeling away because I feel like my my dreams or my visions that I know are from God because they have a very they have a very specific energy um, attached to them that my human mind can't put together. So I have this dream, and I swear it lasted for a split second, maybe like 0. 0.03 seconds. It was that fast. That's how like all my visions tend to be, and sometimes it's disheartening that dang like come on God you could give me a little bit more. You know, have you on the edge of your seat? Like, don't leave me with no cliffhangers like that, Jesus. Um, So I'm sleeping and I have this vision that I'm in a section of a garden. And before I guess I really describe what's going on in the garden, I have to tell you that the last few months of my life have been like being in the Garden of Gethsemane. So around like Easter, I think it was Easter, actually. Thank you, Lord, because I forgot when it started. So around Easter, 
April, early April, maybe even March, I don't know, but definitely April and May have been, I've been under great stress and immense pressure with changes going on in my relationship, changes going on in my intimacy and my relationship with God, changes going on just within myself, um, aspiring and chasing, you know, the visions that God gives me. It's kind of like a carrot dangling in front of me and I'm just hungrily, eagerly getting up to chase it each day. And some days I'd be like, man, F that carrot, screw that carrot. <laughs> you know, like I don't really want to deal with people today. Like I'm ready to beat these kids up. <laughs> I'm ready to hurt somebody. Um, but obviously I don't do it because I enjoy um, being employed and I enjoy walking in my purpose. Life is a lot better walking in my purpose. But since April around Easter, I was watching a sermon with Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church, and he was preaching from the Garden of Gethsemane. And it seemed like that might have been a really popular message for some, you know, many churches, <laughs> of course, around Easter and Resurrection Sunday, so on and so forth. Um, and after I like watch this message, I go into my backyard and it feels like I hear a faint voice inside me say, you are in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is your Garden of Gethsemane. And if you're not familiar with the Garden of Gethsemane, it is, it is a place where Jesus found himself in solitude under a great amount of stress right before he... Um, right before he understood his assignment or really where he understood his assignment. And that was painful. Like I, I come from heaven to earth to sacrifice myself. He was under so much pressure that he was sweating blood. I never sweat blood before, but heart palpitations, panic attacks, jittery body, shortness of breath, like that, that's intense enough for my body. And I, I can't really imagine the pressure of the world to die for the world. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't handle that kind of stress. That's not for me. So I was like, nah, I, I ignored the voice. I was like, nah, I don't really think like I'm in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't really think God told me that. <laughs> so the next morning I go to work and I kid you not, I'm sitting in my classroom, maybe right before my students came in or as my students were coming in in the morning. And as soon as like my bottom hit my seat, I heard the same voice again. You are in your garden of Gethsemane. Now, please keep in mind, I am a first grade teacher right now. And I am in a trauma informed classroom, meaning at least half or more of my students are coming from a very traumatic background. I didn't know that God was placing me, positioning me strategically in a place where I had to sit with my trauma. And my trauma was being triggered by my students. So day in and day out, I am exhausted, I am depleted, I am overwhelmed, I am stressed. I am feeling like I wanna quit teaching altogether. I am not having a good time. It is ugly. <laughs> yes, when I get paid, it feels better, but 
April through May, April through May were really ugly. And I understood that God was putting me under pressure to get oil out of me, to get greatness out of me, to get something in me and to get some things out of me. And in that process, I just, I learned not to take things so personally. I learned to just give more, more and more of the weight to God to really seek healing and understanding like daily. Like I could not go a day without reading at least one scripture. I could not go a day or a week without doing a Bible study plan. Like I needed something other than substances. I needed something other than edibles. I needed something other than wine and whiskey. Like nothing, nothing that the world was giving me was enough. And it was incredibly difficult to get through those months just like doing yoga and doing like meditation. It just felt like everything that I was trying to do for myself just it just wasn't entirely getting the job done. And one day I really wanted to give up. And I remember writing on my whiteboard after reading, listening to a sermon one day, I was like, God, I just don't know what to do. But something from the sermon stood out. I don't know if it was that sermon with Pastor Michael Todd, but either way, something from the sermon stood out and it said, the only way out is through. For whatever reason, I wrote it on the board, on my whiteboard in my bedroom. So then I leave my bedroom, and either that night or the following day, I'm in my kitchen, crying at my kitchen, crying in the kitchen, washing dishes, like, God, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to call it quits. I just can't handle this anymore. And I don't know, I don't know what to do here. I'm, I'm, I'm strapped for resources and answers help, help a sister out. And I go back into the bedroom and I kid you not, I look up at that whiteboard and that was the answer. The only way out is through. And I received that in my spirit and I'm like, all right, then we're going to have to get dirty. We're going to have to get in this mud. We're going to have to get these combat boots on. We're going to have to get some dirt in these fingernails. It's about to get ugly. And I'm going to have to dedicate myself to this process, whatever this looks like whatever the healing, however the healing comes, however the joy comes, I'm going to have to intentionally, desperately seek that every single day because I cannot do it by myself. I cannot have somebody else do it for me. It is all on me at this point. And let's fast forward. God's been blessing me like crazy, just busting out the windows, busting down the doors. God been throwing his weight around. He been showing off. Like, <laughs> I could just go on and on about how God blesses me. Aside from putting breath in my body, period. Like, he's just been so good. He's been so great. He's been so fantastic and marvelous that I'm learning I can trust him in my garden of Gethsemane. And I can trust him in my garden of Eden, which brings me back to the dream. So, boom. Like I said, last week I had this dream. I was in the garden for like 0.3 seconds. Now the garden, I can tell I'm facing like the southeast or southwest end of the garden. I don't know. Either way, I knew I could only see a quarter of the garden. I knew that in my spirit for whatever reason. 
And in the garden, I see these leaves that look like, I looked it up last night, called like hostla, hostra leaves or something. They kind of look like leaves, dark green, shiny leaves that have like a teardrop heart-like shape. And I see these leaves that are very low to the ground. And I, I can see that there's something maybe taller in the background kind of that may or may not have been cedar trees. I'm not really sure. Like I said, it was a really quick vision. And I see that there are things growing out of the plants in this section of the garden. And I'm just like, it's a quick, swift turnaround. It's almost like a camera. It's almost like a camera panning right in like a a curved motion very quickly. And even in that motion, that swift movement from left to right, I felt like I felt like I was a a little girl being held by her father, swinging her around in a garden, just like playing around when you just like hold your kids and swing them around with their arms or holding them by their legs or something, whatever. Like I just felt like God was holding me around my torso because I felt a pressure in that part of my body. And I felt like I was being swung from left to right. And as I'm being swung, I'm looking at this garden and I hear God saying like, take something from here. And all I could see were all of these fruit and it wasn't actual fruit like plums and peaches and bananas and raspberries. It wasn't actually fruit or like real actual flowers. They were what from what I could understand and feel in my spirit, they were actual seeds that I've been planting in the soil. And what the fruit that those seeds bore, I was able to pick something from those fruit and the fruit would then supply me with more seeds which then would supply me with more blessings. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. So what I could remember looked like there was a composition notebook growing out of the ground. And I believe God wants me to write a book. I believe that in my spirit so much. And I also believe that there might've been like a red flower. There was something bright and red. It looked like a mountain peony like a very wide blooming peony and it was just so gorgeous kind of like a neon red color a little reddish a little pinkish and I was just so overwhelmed and I couldn't quite understand like where is this place (laughs) I ain't ever seen this place it's bright and sunny in this corner it's a little shade in this corner there's plenty of fruit to pick from in this corner and I was watching a Bible study last night with Pastor Stephanie Ike, I think that's her name, from uh, one church in uh, L.A. and Denver or something. I believe she's a pastor under Pastor Tor Ray and Sarah Jakes Roberts. And I'm watching this quick little Bible study, and she's talking about the interpretation of dreams. And I ain't gonna hold you, like, a lot of times when I get a vision from God, I usually tell a friend or I just look it up on Google. I don't often investigate it. I just go on about my day and 
I don't know. I just don't dig too deeply into them. I just think, okay, well, what do I feel right now? What are like the top three points I can take away from this dream and just keep on going and try to chase that. But I haven't really like sat down and gone to God's word to see like, well, what does God say about this? So I was like, you know what? In the middle of the Bible study, I stopped the YouTube video (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to go to my Bible index and I'm going to read every scripture about a garden. And that took me from that took me from Genesis, obviously, the Garden of Eden. That took me from Genesis to the Song of Solomon to Isaiah, Ezekiel, um, and I believe Psalms. And what I gathered from my dream and what God says about a garden is that God is restoring me. God has entrusted me with children to steward over children, not to harm them, not to violate them. And I believe the work that I am doing, I am now seeing the fruit of that labor because somewhere in the last two weeks of May, I would say, the behavior of my students have changed drastically. Like I've really been able to just go into work early, anoint their desk, anoint the building, pray over the day and just surrender even what I'm teaching how I'm teaching to God like God this is your classroom I'm not the real teacher in charge here you're the real teacher in charge here you feel what I'm saying and I ain't ever do nothing like that before but when I tell you when I tell you the relationships and the connections that I'm building with my students have been so powerful they've been so incredible and so enrich enriching I can't, it's so hard to say that word. But when I tell you, it's just been so wonderful and fulfilling to see the peace, the love, and the joy. Literally to see how the Holy Spirit has moved is just, you got to understand, like, being in a trauma-informed classroom, it could go from zero to a thousand real quick. Real quick. Someone could pick up a chair, a table pencils, scissors, anything can get thrown. Anyone can get into a fight. It just happens really fast and it can be so triggering. And I felt I was feeling this pain in my stomach, feeling like I'm on pins and needles, walking on eggshells all day, every day for months. I was feeling that way. And I'm just like, God, I can't keep feeling like this. I have to give you this pain in my body. I don't know what to do with it. I can't heal it. I can't help it. I'm doing my best to stay fit. I'm doing my best to stay active. I'm doing my best to have a better diet. And Lord, this is too much. I don't know what to do here. And really just giving God everything, everything. Give God my lesson plan. Give God my attitude. Some days it's hard to give my attitude to him. I'd rather give it to the kids. But God has just moved in such an amazing way. And I'm just so grateful that there are fruit in my garden. And for someone like myself who has felt so bankrupt from love, feeling like I'm bankrupt from talent, 
feeling very inadequate, feeling feeling like I, I have imposter syndrome, feeling like I'm not worthy. But when I look at those scriptures talking about the garden, it's like, no, God dresses me in holiness and righteousness. God says that I am worthy, period. And I'm not worthy because I got up and went to work. I'm worthy because he said so. And his word is final. Can't nobody, can't nobody contest that. It's not up for discussion. His word withstands the test of time. And time belongs to him. So what is you talking about right now? <laughs> and I've been so blessed. And every day I feel like I try to say it more and more and more that I'm living a blessed life on this earth. And every day I say that. And the wind is blowing so strongly right now. And it feels so good. And I do believe that God is with me here. And acknowledging that I'm acknowledging him. And he's acknowledging me. I am so filled. I am so filled. And I'm filled from all that he does and all that he gives and all that I give him. Less of me and more of him. I'm so thankful for the seeds I've planted or he's helped me plant in this garden of Gethsemane because the past year has been a lot of pressure and there's still there's still some anger I feel in myself. I'm still angry and hurt by how my initial uprooting from New York to Massachusetts went. And, you know, I'm still hurt. And I was thankful to meet a, uh, a woman last week to really encourage me to really pray for my heart's healing and my mind's healing. Because 11 times out of 10, I'll ask God for answers. Like, God, why did you do that? <laughs> like, I need you to go to paragraph three, sentence four. And tell me exactly why you did that. I want an explanation. Just very demanding. And I find that I receive more from God when I ask him for healing and not for understanding. Because in healing comes the understanding. And I'm not so aggressive. You know, it it requires humility. It requires a surrender. Like, you know what, God, I'm trusting that you did this for a reason. And God, I'm letting you know it hurt. God, I'm letting you know that I'm not really feeling it right now. I wasn't feeling how you was moving. Like, you got to keep it a stack. You got to keep it 100. You got to keep it all the way funky fresh. Be totally honest. More honest with God than you could ever be with another human being. Ever. And that's the prayer I've been praying for maybe a week or so. (laughs) And it just feels so good to see God and feel God give me that healing in the places that I need it, in the way that I need it. And it's very subtle, you know, but you notice, you notice as the days and the time goes on, it's like, oh, those things don't really affect me in that way anymore. Hmm. 
I wonder how that happened. <laughs> it's the healing. It, that's it, sis. It's really just the healing. Um, what else did I discover in my garden Bible study around 11 o'clock? Between like 11 and like 1.30, almost 2 o'clock in the morning, I was up reading about garden scriptures. I also recognize that this season is a season for me to commit my body to God. It was two Saturdays ago, two Saturdays ago. I don't know what weekend that was, but it was two Saturdays ago, maybe Memorial Day weekend. I was watching a sermon. I don't know what it was. And the pastor said something like, take a moment to sit still and think of a word. Think of a word or a feeling that you refuse to see yourself as. And it felt like the word sacred, like fell from the ceiling and like landed on my chest like a Tupac tattoo, like a thug life tattoo. Like it felt like it like felt, it fell like a cinder block on my chest and like tatted itself on my chest as sacred. And I just sat, I sat on the sofa and I wept because I've never seen my body as sacred. I've never seen my body as a temple. And that word, that word came up a lot for me um, during my Bible study last night that my body is a temple and specifically in like Song of Solomon and I think songs, but definitely Song of Solomon talks about the woman's body being like a garden and only her husband can find pleasure in her treasures and her herbs and her fruit and her uh and her spring waters um that are always flooding or overflowing or something to that extent and it is a woman's responsibility i interpret to make sure that there is peace and that there is prosperity in her home that there is peace and prosperity in her garden and her relationship and for me right now as I'm not in a relationship um, with anyone that solely applies to you know my my intimacy my connection my relationship to the Lord and if God is showing me that there is fruit in my garden then baby girl we doing something right <laughs> And God just still continues to bless me. Can I tell you how God has blessed me? Sure, I'm glad you asked. Last summer, really around this time, around maybe last June or July, last June, I really, I guess, really started to encounter God, but I didn't know it was God because I hadn't talked to him or prayed or done anything about church or a Bible study or something like in years and and I want to say like six or seven years so I was sitting I think on Boylston Street or Commonwealth Ave somewhere in Boston with a few friends and I was telling them about a book that I read called The Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley and I was so taken aback I was so insecure I was so jealous I felt so inadequate that my friends were just flourishing in a way that I wasn't and I was afraid to flourish because I couldn't see how I could go from being who I was to being who I wanted to be 
And it's taken me this entire year to chase that or to even see that that was possible. It felt like it was a dream that got pushed to the back of my head because I was so insecure and I condemned myself and told myself I couldn't do it and I wouldn't make it and I'm not good enough over and over again. It was just like a secret cycle playing in the back of my mind. And to be able to put in work, and I do mean tears and purging and sitting in trauma and late nights crying on crying out to God in the midnight hour, like this, this, this walk ain't been fun. <laughs> it ain't been cute, but it, it's been worth it. Um, and I would do it again. So to take a moment to see last June where I was, where I wasn't even believing in God, where I believed in other gods. I believed in myself. I made myself a god. I made other people a god. I made men and money and my career a god. And to be here a year later, it's like I get a second chance in 2022. It's like take action part two or something that now I have the confidence and the wherewithal for the most part. If I got God, I got it all. Um, to have the stamina to chase his vision for me and not just to chase the plans for myself that I put in my planner that I want to achieve, but to chase to chase the, the quick split second visions he gives me and try to figure it out every day. Like, is this it? Is this it? Is this working? And I'm just so desperate to make sure I'm in alignment with him that He's blessed me with the job that I've wanted to have. I told myself last summer, like, man, I would really love to work at a cafe. I would really love to work at a cafe and just talk to people. And maybe even, you know, do sit downs and like just have conversations with people, have an event, host an event or something at a cafe. And lo and behold, I get hired to work at my favorite vegan cafe on top of getting discounts at a yoga studio that I've come to practice at and have been having my own awesome revelations at. So it's been great to get my mind, body, soul, and spirit stronger for sure. Um, what else can I say? God's been good with blessing me with professional development opportunities, with scholarships fully paid for. I just feel like I'm in a season that if if I knock on the door I, and open it, I just walk through it. And whatever is, whatever is on the other side of the door is mine for the taking. But it's also mine for the stewarding and mine for the... Um, respecting because I have to respect what he gives me steward over it because that's my responsibility so understanding that a a blessing is good but with a blessing comes responsibility so understanding that I am I am God's image in the earth his image his representative his agent his child whatever you want to call it girl that's me. And it's hard. It's hard to take a picture these days and not see it. 
like there is an aura there's always like this white light kind of traced around my body in a lot of pictures I take now and I've never seen that before in my entire life and I don't think it's because I switched from Apple to Google okay your girl has an Android now yeah major update alert we don't get the blue bubbles (laughs) you won't get a blue bubble from me um and that's okay that's okay I'm cool with that so I hope you've enjoyed this update it's been so good so good it's been so rich I do want to add another tidbit about this garden as I'm sitting here looking at a tree the cedar tree in Lebanon now I I spent most of my my adolescence my teenage years in Lebanon Pennsylvania and my school mascot was a cedar tree and from Lebanon Pennsylvania I attended Lehigh University for three semesters in Bethlehem Pennsylvania and sometimes I just wonder, God, why did you have me in these in, in these cities with these particulars, particular names? So I go from Brooklyn to Lebanon to Bethlehem to Philadelphia. All of these names appear, with the exception with the exception of Brooklyn. All of these names appear in Scripture, and I'm just like, what what woman is it that you've called me to be, Lord? <laughs> because you're you're just so incredible with with how you navigate um my life story so I did this little research on cedar trees and there are cedar trees that go that grow on the east side of north and central America and on the west side so I just researched eastern red cedar trees and what I've learned is that these trees they can grow they can grow quickly, at least they grow 12 to 24 inches every year for their first 30 years, and then they can slow down. But it depends on a number of variables how these trees grow. And these trees can flourish quickly or shortly depending on the soil, and I interpret that as what seeds or or how much of God's word am I putting in my life? Am I putting in my spirit? They also they also depend on like climate. So like how intimate am I being with the Lord? Then they also deal with competition. What other tree species or plant species are around them? And for me, that brings me back to Michael Todd's, Pastor Michael Todd's sermon on cuffed to comparison. That when I am cuffed to comparison, I stifle my own growth because it looks like someone else is being blessed more than me or there there enters jealousy and envy in my life and things get blurry and I start to stumble and I'm not I'm not on my A game in my walk. And that also dictates how quickly or not quickly a cedar tree will grow. Then the density, the density or the heaviness of the tree, how the the roots run deep, how deep are the roots. And cedar trees need to be placed at least three feet or lower in the ground for the roots to be strong and to run as deeply and as widely as they need to 
and that made me look into science like density there's volume then there's even capacity and that's a story for a whole nother time girl capacity that's been that's been my word um (laughs) this season what is my capacity for this lord help me if you're stretching me help me with my capacity we'll get back to that at, at a later date um but yeah, so there are a number of factors that contribute to how these cedar trees grow. And I didn't even notice that there were cedar trees in my backyard. <laughs> how about that? I'm sitting next to one right now. How about that? God is good. So yeah, I am learning that um, I'm just ready to do more in my relationship with the Lord. I'm ready to see the rest of my garden. And I'm grateful that God has entrusted me with the garden that he has for my life. I'm glad he's with me in my Garden of Gethsemane. I'm glad that he's with me in my Garden of Eden. He's given me every bit of knowledge that I need. He's given me everything that is good. And um, it's cliche, but it's true. Like, can't nobody do me like Jesus? I feel so good. I feel really, really good to know and to see that God's been with me in this journey. Every time I took a walk in the park to cry, every time I sat in the back of an Uber and cried, God was there. When I sat by a little pond and kicked my feet up, let my toes out, even feeling like I could see God walking in the park through the bushes with me, his eyes, his presence as always with me his eyes are everywhere that's scripture so I'm just blessed I'm blessed I'm highly favored I literally am I literally am I am highly favored I guess God saw that I was fit to do the task maybe I have a heart like David and I'm just chasing after him I'm trying I don't know. Sometimes I get caught up between David and Peter. And, you know, they was they was low key, high, high key, some goons and some savages. (laughs) (sighs) I hope that you listening has encouraged you or inspired you. I hope that you ask God to be present with you as he already is in your garden of Gethsemane through a stressful time that even in, even in darkness, you still have vision, even in darkness, you still have clarity, even in chaos, you still have clarity and visions and dreams and inspiration. It is not the end. That's what I've learned. It is not the end. God makes day and he makes he makes night. They all belong to him. And it doesn't have to be scary. But we could get to that. Once again, that's a that's an episode and a chapter for another time. I will now conclude this podcast episode because I do this thing in under or exactly 40 minutes. It's been real. I love you all. Have a blessed and prosperous day. God bless you. Bye.